ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. What up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank, I'm Branham, it's Joe George behind the glass, and it is a Wednesday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I'm on remote today, I'm out of the uh, the studio because we have Houston basketball a little bit later. I thought Blankers wasn't working today. He's not working today, it's me. What? It's, That's it's, not a, that was Blankers. That was what up, hey, how we doing? That See, was, I nailed it again. That was, I think that was the best, hey, what up, I screwed it up, the hey, what up H-Town that we've ever had. I think he did it better than Blankers does it. Who I, was that? Uh, that was Michael Connor, both times. Uh-huh. I give him a, a 12 out of 10. Okay, that's not possible. Well, then it's, uh, I just said it, so it is possible. Yeah, I heard that. I heard down the line that Beard wasn't doing it because your voice hurts. Is that what I heard? Yeah, I got, a, other... we, I got a weenie I mean, voice today. He's all bricked up. I got to go get my hair cut now. <laughs> all right, Th- thanks for letting me do it. How much of that hair do you need cut? I'm looking Not at you much. Twitch. <laughs> uh, it is a Wednesday edition. Blankers is gone the next three days. Joe has stacked me up with military men the next two days. Uh, Josh Beard with me today, former military man. Uh, tomorrow, Sarge will be with us for at least a little bit, another military man, and then I have to go do it with Joe <laughs> on Friday. So I'm not going to call that a step down, but yeah, a little bit of a, a, a step down. Uh, what would it be? Not necessarily a step down, but a sidestep may not be the right thing. Maybe just like a step back. Step back three. Little yeah, side step yeah. Three, one well, triple, a little step back deal. three. A little less efficient, but if it hits, it's real good. Uh, I, c- I commend you for uh, having the courage and the voice for doing six hours of radio, but not having the voice to do six seconds of what up H-Town, hey, how we doing? I was going to do it. Michael came in and said he wanted to do it, so I okay. allowed him to do it here on the Killer Beards on a Wednesday. You allowed him to do it on yes. the Killer Bees. No, on the uh, Killer Beards. Uh, making executive decisions. So, all right, lots to get to today, Beard. I have no idea where you stand on a lot of these things, so either it's going to be you agreeing with me or it's going to be maybe a, a knockout drag out. Uh, this has been a fun week. Uh, the Houston Texans are playing meaningful football in December. That's awesome. When was the last time we've been able to say that? We all know the answer, but we don't want to mention Deshaun Watson's name. Uh, so playing meaningful football in the month of December is great. We've had some drama We've had some drama. We've had an injury that has led to a lot of discussion, a lot of conversation. Uh, the hot stove for the Astros, would we, we, would we consider it that, it that it's heating up or it's like preheating? I don't know. What does a backup catcher mean? Does it mean that it's a hot stove? Does it mean that it's still warming up? I don't know if there's a whole lot of moves still left for the Astros. It's a simmering but- stove. Okay, yeah, that could be the way that it goes. I don't know how hot the stove's going to get for the Astros, though. I think they have one more move left in them, but we'll, we'll get to all of that. Uh, Rockets are relevant. It's going to be a fun show today. Uh, we hope that you, you stick around. I'm going uh, to be doing it from afar, but, uh, which makes it good because, uh, you know, sometimes I don't really like being in your vicinity. So that, that makes it you okay. Talk, you don't like being in my vicinity? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the meanest thing you've ever said to me, Jeremy. And you've said a lot That's of mean things true. to me. That is one of the meanest things you've ever said to me. I love being in your vicinity. You're one of my favorite people to do a show with outside of Michael Connor, and you just hurt my feelings. So now I'm we're not friends for three minutes. 
Okay. Um, I was at, I was at my group chat yesterday. We were talking about some stuff about like you know doing a show with you, and they're like, you you can't be a jerk, but that's going to be hard for you. And I was like, yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> why, why can't you be a Why can't you be a jerk to me? I just I think it's like my prevailing like attitude is like I'm kind of like jerkish. Yeah, like, I don't mean to be. I have a good heart. I think I think you do, um, but that's what makes you so. I'm you're like the lovable jerk. jerk. You're a lovable jerk. Though. I'm a prevailing like my my prevailing. How would you say it? Not jerk mood. Uh, Your my, natural state of jerkiness? Maybe attitude. Is yeah. That, is like a jerkish an attitude. My prevailing yeah. attitude is a jerk. I try not to be. I think that I'm nice. I also went to Panda Express to grab some lunch today. Yeah, I'm fat. They didn't give me a fork. So I'm trying to like think outside the box here. How many entrees did you get on that bad boy? I actually just went with one today. Yeah, then you're with, not actually, fat. With the, with the super greens if as my Yeah, as my get side. out of here with your yeah. super greens. What super greens. You went through that drive-thru. They said chow mein or fried rice, and you said super greens, and they laughed at you. Yeah, I would on the app because you know I'm 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 a you know you don't like you don't like human interaction. We, it's okay. You can say it. You know who else? You know nowadays you can order on the apps and it makes it a lot easier. Like ordering at the actual drive-through is antiquated, which is kind of like this caveman football take. It's football must be injury. Uh, like that's the 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 argument of the week has been the Texans' usage of Tank Dell. Some people didn't like that I used the word abuse, even though the Texans have used him in a variety of different ways, punt return, kick return, blocking in the box. I don't know if it's the best way to use Tank Dell. People would say, it's not abuse, it's misuse. Look up abuse in the dictionary. It says misuse. Uh, but I, I feel like a, we're hearing a lot of antiquated caveman thoughts about how football is played. And look, it's a tough game. It's physical. Uh, you're going to have to be you know, strong-minded and tough, and I get all of those things. But also, we have moved into a day where we've, we do things to mitigate injury. And I'm not even talking about the rules. Like, look at the rules of football. The rules of football have done a lot of things to mitigate injury because they don't want their star players hurt, especially at the quarterback position. You go low, it's a penalty. You, you, you blow them a kiss to the helmet, it's a penalty. I'm not even talking talking about the rules. But in this 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 kind of pertains to Tank Dell, very much pertains to Tank Dell because I think Tank Dell is a very critical piece for the Houston Texans and they're sorely going to miss him. If you go around the football field beard, you you look at positions that over the last 10 years have done tons of things to mitigate injury at that position. Cuz look, I get it's a physical game. I get that injuries happen. But you also try to keep your stars away from injury, right? Yeah, oh yeah. The quarterback position. What do they do whenever they run? They try to slide. They try to get out of bounds. They don't take hits. Why? Mitigating injury. Look at running backs now versus running backs 10, 15 years ago, and look how many touches and carries they get compared to 10 to 15 years ago. Why? A couple reasons. One is injury. The second one is you want to keep them fresh, things like that. How about wide receivers? They have more plays off than they've ever had. They're getting down more instead of taking hits. You look at the offensive linemen, those are real tough guys, I think, because they play 100% of the snaps, they're there in the trenches. I'll give them all, all the credit in the world. Look at the defensive side of the ball. Will Anderson played 70% of the snaps the other day. That's not a knock on Will Anderson. That's the evolution of the position right. trying to mitigate injury. If you leave a guy on the football field the entire game outside of the offensive line, probably the secondary a little bit, there's a good chance of them getting hurt. For Tank Dell, for instance, I wanted him nowhere near the box. Whenever he broke his fibula, well, it's a football injury. Yeah, it is a football injury. Yes, it's going to hurt whenever a 300-pound guy rolls over you and, and smashes into your fibula. But maybe you keep Tank Dell out of the land of the Giants where all those 300-pounders are so you can lower the probability of him actually getting hurt, Josh Beer. I, I, understand, I understand what people are saying when it comes to Tank Dell's decision to go deeper into that play. Because if you go back and watch that play, he goes into motion, gets a little closer, so you have that bunch formation, 
and and he goes right into the middle and tries to get a like a key block and a lead block, which it was a key so block. It to was be fair. It it was a very key block, which is great. And I understand Tank Dell's decision to do that, and I understand what people are saying. Okay, you're the football player. This is football. You can't worry about that in the moment. I agree with them to that extent. But if you're the Texans coaching staff, if you're Texans management, when you're making decisions for your player, you have to do everything you can to, like you said, mitigate injuries. And Tank Dell is 165 pounds, soaking wet, listed at 165. I think that's being generous. And you've got guys like Nico Collins who weigh in the 200s. He's like 215. John Mechie's in the 190s. If you need a guy who has a little bit bigger of a body who can go in there and block for you, it shouldn't be Tank Dell. You need to put your players in the right in the right position to succeed and stay as healthy as possible. It's asset management. Yeah, it's, this it's, isn't a Tank Dell thing. This is a coaching thing, and they shouldn't have put him in that position. I think it's both because, I mean, Tank is the reason that you can have a higher ceiling. Like, he's yeah. he's at least one of your top two receivers. Like, he and Nico are kind of 1A, 1B with what you currently have. Tank's a better, like, playmaker, X-factor. Nico's a bigger – like, they're, they're great contrasting styles, actually, because they're very diverse in what they do whenever you look at the pairing together. Um to, you're right. It's like asset management. What do I need to do to keep him on the field? Because if he's on the field, I have a better chance to win. And I, I, I get the argument, too. Well, you need him on the field. You can't tip your hand. Because if you tip your hand, the other team's going to zero in on a running play. Like, I understand that. Like, I get that. I, I can totally respect that point of view. So I wanted to go look at how – because Joe mentioned this, the uh, I think it was Monday. He said, well, you know, I'm curious how Miami uses Tyreek Hill. And I'm not saying that Tank Dell is as good of a football player as Tyreek Hill. Right. Tyreek Hill is one of the two best offensive uh, one of the two best offensive non quarterbacks this year. He and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's probably going to win the offensive player of the year. I am not calling Tank Dell Tyreek Hill, but they are both very vital to their offenses. Tank Dell is vital to the Miami Dolphins' offense. Uh, Tank, did I say Tank Dell? Tyreek Hill is Tyreek very Hill. vital to the Miami Dolphins' offense. Tank Dell is very vital to the Houston Texans' offense. So I wanted to go see how the Dolphins use. Tyreek Hill in the running game because both kind of similar systems. Slowick came from the Shanahan tree. McDaniel came from the Slowick tree. Uh, they both have very good offenses. Texans offense not as good as the Dolphins offense. So I went and charted Josh Beard every single running play that the Miami Dolphins had in the first half this past week against Washington just to get an idea of how the Miami Dolphins use Tyreek Hill because we've heard well it's football you got to be able to block in the box you got to use Tank Dell everywhere all across the board here are the 16 running plays Josh for how Miami used Tyreek Hill okay the first one he blocked downfield the second one, he blocked downfield. The third, the fourth, the fifth, the, the sixth, he was not on the field at all. The seventh handoff in the first half, it was an end around to Tyreek Hill. The eighth run, not on the field. Ninth run, not on the field. Tenth run, not on the field. Eleventh run, downfield blocking. Twelfth run, downfield blocking. Thirteenth run, he just stood there. It's kind of interesting, but he's <laughs> so good that I guess you have to respect him just yeah. standing there. The fourteenth was an end around to him. The fifteenth was a downfield block, and the sixteenth block they use him as a fake decoy end around, took him away from the running play altogether. Six, and I think, look, I don't know the whole season, but, but I imagine that this was a small microcosm of the whole season. The Miami Dolphins ran the football 16 times in the first half against the Washington football team. He wasn't on the field for about half of them, and he never was in the box. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, I'd be interested to go back and watch those plays and see if there was ever a moment where he was kind of closer in and kind of motioned in or started near the box and if he went outside because I feel like Tyreek Hill himself to your point about Tank Dell needing to understand the importance of what he means to the offense 
Tyreek Hill himself. Oh, I think it's Slowick. I don't think it's Tank. Well, I, agreed. But I think Tyreek Hill himself, if he were in a moment like that, in a play call like that, where he motions inside, he's probably not going to throw himself right into the mix. He's probably going to still block on the outside or block downfield. Because Tank Dell could have just decided to block downfield and stay out of it. See, I don't think that's the scheme. Like, the, the Houston Texans... Do you think they're they, directly using him at, at, like that in I those I think they moments? use all of their wide receivers like that. Bobby Slowick talked about Tank Dell two weeks ago, how he thinks he's Nico Collins, and he loves that about him, and I was terrified in that very yeah. moment. Because it's like, if you are like love the fact that he thinks he's Nico Collins because he's tough and he's going to put problem. his nose in there, he's almost I don't want lighter. you putting his nose in there. And look, I, like different receivers are doing different things, but the Texans motion their receivers in between tackles to be part of the of the blocking scheme. That That's a San Francisco 49er thing. They want receivers who can block. That's why the Texans signed Noah Brown. You listen to Shanahan talk about the, the zone blocking scheme and the blo- like the running attack in general. They want receivers that block downfield, which I get. I understand. Robert Woods, Noah Brown, even Nico Collins need to be doing those things. Tank Dell needs to block on the outside. My biggest issue is you're putting him in the land of the Giants because yeah. the whole argument is, well, it's a football injury. Football injuries are going to happen. Yes. The physics of a 300-pound man falling on your left leg are very high. What is the probability of a 300 a 300 pound man falling on your fibula when you're never in the box it is nearly impossible it's uh, the the probability is 0% if you're never there there you it's, go. Or it's, Unless or it's you get less one than guy one, like going up field, like on a halfback yeah, screen, something a random like that. play. But, but it's, it's incredibly like it's incredibly fluke. Yes. Like that would be a fluke injury. Tank Dell blocking in the box with offensive linemen right behind him, like it increases the op, like the possibility of a dude falling on him very, very high. And when a three hundred pound man falls on you with a high probability, there's a very, very good chance that you're going to get hurt. And the extra, keep him away from that. And the extracurriculars that go. A lot of people have brought this up. People are bringing it up on the text line right now. Now, the extracurriculers that go on in a dog pile like that, that go on whenever everybody is piled up, especially at the goal line where you have people grabbing and twisting or trying to the guys try to hurt each other in those piles. You don't want to you don't want your your number one offensive weapon anywhere near that. And so if they're game planning directly and they're not thinking about, OK, we need to we need to try to protect Tank Dell. We need to try to protect who he is then that's a huge mistake. One, that I'm very upset that they had to learn the lesson the hard way, and hopefully when he comes back next year, they never do it again. Nico Collins and Noah Brown are more than enough to throw out there where they are still a threat, they have some weight, they can block, and they can handle that a little bit more than a guy who is maybe 162 pounds at wide receiver. Yeah, I, I don't like anything about it. Uh, you know, you have a, a really good football player that's imperative to your offense, and, and you're doing things with him that he, he shouldn't be doing. You, you got to protect the player. And if if and it even like a lot, of, I've seen a lot of people. Well, t- well you know, Tank did it on his own. No, he didn't. Like the, the Texans, wide like the Texans wide receivers block in the run game. But even if he did, he didn't. But even if he did, that's something you coach out of him. Tank, we need you, man. You got to stop doing that. All right, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. What's your, what's your handle, Josh Beard Radio? At Josh Beard Radio. Josh Beard I'm one of the radio, radio boys. We're going to get to, uh, as long as you don't call yourself the media, that's okay. I, I don't. No, 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 I'm not media, don't we're worry. Not, we're not media. Um, we're going to get to a lot of stuff. Astros, hot stove, where the Rockets rank amongst like the NBA tiers around the league. Uh, lots of Texans as well today uh, with a big game coming up against uh, the Jets and Zach Wilson.
by the way, is uh, he's going to play some football again. All right, 713-780-ESPN is our HRMP listener line. 713-780-3776. He's at Josh Beard Radio. I'm at Jeremy Branham. Uh, Joe's at Joe George Radio as well. All right, so we talked about Tank being out. He's done for the year. How impacted is the Texans' offense with no Tank? Can they survive no Tank? What does it mean for the Texans' offense? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. All right, he's Beard. I'm Branham. 713-780-ESPN. The HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. It's the season of giving. Air Team Heating and Cooling and ESPN 97.5 have teamed up for a holiday drive benefiting DePelchin Children's Center. Now through Friday, drop off donations at Air Team to support our Houston youth and foster care. Our station, of course, will be broadcasting live all day on Friday. Stop by, uh, say hello with your with your donation as well. Most needed items and donation infos at airteamltd.com. Airteamltd.com. You can check out the most needed items. A donation, please help if you can. Stop by uh, Friday with your donation. Say hello to us. Holiday Drive benefiting DePelchin Children's Center brought to you by Airteam, your H-Town heating and cooling team. All right, Josh. The Texans are going to be without Tank Dell the rest of the year. Um, you want to look at this from a one-game point of view or a five-game point of view five game point of view let's go ahead and do it i like the macro not the micro i'm more of a macro not a micro guy uh, myself i kind of look at the forest more than i look at the trees i'm I'm cool that you went this way can the texans sustain not having tank Dell? can they sustain this top seven offense despite not having tank Dell? um sustain top seven no but i don't know that there's going to be a i I don't think that there's going to be a massive drop-off a because of the talent, the the talent level of the teams that they're playing against, but B because a large part of what they've done offensively isn't necessarily all Tank Dell. It, it's a big factor, and he does a lot to open things up in the passing game. He takes a lot of attention away. But C.J. Stroud, when it comes down to it, is is he is the cog that makes all of this work. Tank Dell is a really nice weapon to have out there. He's a great weapon to have out there. He was wide receiver 1A. But Nico Collins is still out there doing Nico Collins things. He's nine, eight, eight yards, nine yards away from a 1,000-yard season. Um, if he continues on this trajectory, he should have, like, an, uh, well, uh, over an 1,100-yard season, should have a 1,200-yard season if, or, or more. Anything under 1,200 yards might kind of be disappointing if he if he finishes out the, the season that way. So I think that this offense can st- it's good there's going to be a drop off. I don't think there's going to be a, a huge drop off, but losing losing a route technician the way Tank Dell is and a weapon overall that they can kind of throw out there in a bunch of different ways uh, that they can use creatively, it it definitely hurts. I'm just interested to see who's going to step up in his absence. And I I think I have my one candidate, but first all, do you do you think that there's going to be a big drop off in this offensive production? Yes. I do. Uh, he's missed one full game, and it, it happened to be the, the Saints game right before the bye, which is good because it, it, it ended up only costing him one game, probably would have cost him two games with a concussion earlier this year. And it's kind of like the bigger picture thing, too, is that uh, because of the usage of Tank Dell, he only played in 11 games this year, he, he's going to miss nearly a third of his rookie season. 
because of injury. One of them was a concussion. Couldn't do anything about that play. I mean, he dove back and dove for a ball, sold out for you know, sold out for right. a catch. And I think it was critical late first half drive. We landed kind of on the dome of his head. Got concussed. Missed the Saints game. Missed the. We would have missed the game during the bye week. And then now, of course, with the uh, the broken fibula. Uh, I think it's a it's a huge loss for the Houston Texans. He's been one of your most probably your most electric player. Hasn't been your most productive. Like Nico has more catches. Nico has two hundred and ninety more yards. But Tank has more touchdowns. And Tank, to me, is that guy where you kind of you go to him on a third and three. He's the guy that makes the critical play on a pivotal down. You know, a guy to have it play, a lot of times you're looking for Tank Dell. If you watched early in that first uh, first couple of drives when Tank Dell was still in the game before he got hurt, we know that the, the Broncos like to line up their top corner on the other team's top receiver yeah. most of the time. And Sertan will travel with that top receiver, whether you line him out wide to the left, when you put him in the slot to the right, out wide to the right. A lot of times Sertan will travel with the other team's top receiver no matter, no matter where you're aligning him. Sertan was doing that to Tank Dell. So if Sean Payton is telling me that the critical piece of the Houston Texans offense that he wanted to zero out was Tank Dell. That tells me, and all of you, it should, how important Tank Dell is to the Houston Texans offense. To me, it's a critical loss. It's a massive loss. He's very, very good. Now, you go back to the Saints game, like, that was the game before the bye. That was a long time ago. Like, how much can you look at that versus how much it's going to affect you going forward? Yeah, I'm not going to put a whole lot of value on it. But the Texans struggled offensively in that game. They scored 20 points, and they had less than 300 yards of offense. You know, one of their worst offensive performances this year. In fact, it was their third lowest yards all season long. Saints have a pretty good defense long time ago, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the Broncos game. The Texans didn't look great offensively in the second half. You know, some of it was not finishing drives, things like that. So I think that this is a pretty big loss, critical loss. Uh, I'll go as far to say that. That said, C.J. Stroud has been shorthanded all year except for the Ravens game. Uh, There's only been two games all year in which he's had all of his four top receivers, Nico, Tank, Woods, and Noah Brown. The Baltimore game, which he was his first game of his NFL career, and then this past week against Denver, in which Tank Dell leaves the game very early, he also didn't have Dalton Schultz. So Stroud is used to being shorthanded, so that's kind of like cool, still a critical loss. He's a pivotal piece of your offense, but it's good that Stroud has been shorthanded and the offense has been able to click without some key uh, factors uh, of your offense. Secondly, C.J. Stroud's the type of quarterback that goes through progressions and throws the ball to the open man. I don't think that C.J. Stroud's ever going to be overly dependent on any receiver in the lifetime of his career, so that's good. If you had a quarterback who just, like, he has to have his top two receivers to succeed, you would be in a world of trouble because that's how much Tank Dell means to this offense. But because C.J. Stroud can can thrive with some of his you know better players not playing alongside of him, that's another check. Critical loss, but they have the quarterback that can kind of overcome it yeah I, I think that's what it comes down to for me is just my faith the faith that I already have in CJ Stroud so far in his career where this late in the season every single time it looks like oh he loses Noah Brown for a minute he loses Nico Collins for a minute he loses Tank Dell for a minute I have faith that he's going to be able to lift the play of the guys around him I, I I totally agree that it's that it's a huge loss like there's no there's no doubt about that they're losing Tank Dell. He is the most dynamic weapon that the offense had. That is a huge loss. It's just my faith in C.J. Stroud, and, and honestly, my faith in Nico Collins in general, makes me believe that this offense is still going to be able to operate and work, just maybe not as efficiently as it did before. The guy that I think really has an opportunity to step up, and you've kind of pinpointed him a little bit in, in some of your film breakdown this week, is John Mechie. 
he hasn't had a lot of he hasn't had a lot of big plays. He hasn't had a lot of big moments. He's had some opportunities here and there, but he has to take advantage of them. But there's one play specifically that you've highlighted a couple of times this week, and that I saw go down as soon as it happened in the game. I was sitting next to Paul, and it was that play where where it was kind of uh, it was out of rhythm or not out of rhythm. It was it was off script, and John Mechie was covered, decides to go towards the sideline. Uh, C.J. Stroud points deep. And Mechie decides to go a shallower out more towards the sideline. C.J. Stroud misses him on the deep throw because Stroud thought he was going to go deeper. That's one of those plays right there where you're starting to see chemistry between a quarterback and a wide receiver start to work its way out. Paul just thought C.J. Stroud missed Mechie. I thought Mechie just ran the wrong route because I saw the point. He thought he was going to go deep. That's something that you said on social media yesterday or day before yesterday. That's not going to happen many more times. The next time, that's going to be six points. This is an opportunity for John Mechie to come in and not be Tank Dell, obviously not be Tank Dell, but really try to help give them another weapon in blocking, in some of those off-script plays when things break down. This is his opportunity to show that he was worth the draft capital that they drafted him at, no matter everything that he's gone through. And and I really do feel like C.J. Stroud is going to help him continue to get better and become a bigger part of this offense. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see who steps up because we, we've seen Xavier Hutchinson at times. Like He had the big play a couple of weeks ago, hasn't played a lot, and he was, he was inactive uh, this past week. First time he's been inactive in a while, and it's because you had all of your, you know, your full complement of wide receivers. I would imagine that Mechie is that, the new number uh, four receiver for this team, but, I mean, it's your fourth receiver. I think that the production that's going to be picked up is you're going to spread it amongst the top three because I still don't think Mechie's going to play a ton. Uh, I think that you're going to have Robert Woods out there. You're going to have Noah Brown out there. You're going to have Nico Collins out there. They're going to be your main guys, and I think that you f- you kind of fill Tank Dell's void with the aggregate of those guys. I think yeah. Mechie's going to have a big play here and there, uh, but the the bulk of the productivity that you're losing with Tank Dell I think has to be soaked up with those top three guys. Uh, Mechie, like I'm not calling Mechie a lost cause, and this is, I mean, this is his first year. Um, that scramble drill, you know, I like you said, I thought that Mechie should have, you know, Got to run, got to gotta run gotta a go little vertical. deeper on that. Yeah, I think go vertical, go towards the goal line. You know, whatever. It's just a miss. They haven't played a lot together. You still won the game. It's not like a critical error. Uh, it would have been if you if you didn't win. And then he also had that um, illegal formation where they ran the jet sweep yeah. with him. He was lined up off the line. Texans had five in the backfield. They got called for that. So it's like the little things where I think Mechie's just a little bit off. And how much, like how quickly, I should say, how quickly can he like? get going? How quickly can he start clicking? I don't know. I think Mechie's your fourth receiver. Uh, I think he's ahead of Hutchinson. I agree with that. But but I think Mechie's closer to five than he is three. Oh, I, I 100% agree with that. It's just he's going to get more opportunities with Tank out. Far more opportunities than he was getting before. Um, it has, I, I think, more reps. Honestly, you talk about all those little things. How can he do those little things better? How can he, how can he stop making those little mistakes? How can he know to go a little bit more vertical? It's just it's just more reps, and and if I had to choose between in this five game stretch, Noah Brown, and I know we have we have some games of Noah Brown making some big plays, but if I had to choose Noah Brown being the guy who can step more into doing the Tank Dell type stuff, or John Mechie kind of falling more into that role and showing some of his his dynamic athleticism that he's got, 
I, I don't know why. I just have this gut feeling that Mechie is going to be the guy to step more into that role than Brown would. Yeah, I, I hope so. And I think Mechie's skill set's a little closer to Tank's. Not that it matters a whole lot. Like, give me production over trying to match skill sets. But I think Mechie's kind of closer to the skill set that you miss in Tank uh, than Noah Brown. He's a little smaller, probably a little bit shiftier, uh, probably a little bit faster. I would guess Mechie's a little faster than yeah. Brown. I guess I don't really know that for sure. Uh, just a guess. 713-780-ESPN, HRNP listener line. How much will the Texans be impacted with no Tank Dell? And who fills the void of all that production that you're losing with Tank Dell? 713-780-3776. Also on the uh, the other side, uh, there's been some uh, drama. A lot of people think that I started it. Has I there? I think that Titus Howard started it, for I what it's so. worth. But, but there's been a lot of drama about Laramie Tunsil being the one in the only one of the offensive line that didn't go to and defend C.J. Stroud when he got into that little bit of a spat. Well, C.J. Stroud was on Pat McAfee yesterday and talked a little bit about that spat, and he thanked certain people that had his back. Also, who was the Laramie Tunsil of the radio station? Who would run and have your back, and who would be the one guy that's off to the side that wouldn't? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. He's uh, he's beard in for Blank. Blank is out today. His wife's under the knife. Hope she's well. Uh, out of respect to that, we won't make fun of Blank too much. Too much. We're still going to make fun of him. I won't make fun we of him at all. Too much. I need Joel to know I will not make fun of him a single time. And because he's out for the next three days, we're not going to do the where's blank today. Wrong answers only. I might say that for Friday. We can't do that Friday three days be in good. a row. We'll run out of material. Can't do it three days in a row. Um, we got a texture here. 4093. Branham, you suck. Uh, got another texture. 1176. You started it, Branham. And then uh, another texture here says, the only reason I'm listening to this segment is because of Josh Beard. Ah, so, well, I like that. Uh, a lot of love for Beard. I think everybody for Branham. You're the face. I'm the hill. Well, that's why it is about. called the Killer Beards whenever I fill in. Uh, the show name gets changed to the Killer Beards. That was decided by me last time I filled in, and we'll continue. I, I appreciate, you know, I love, I appreciate myself for giving you the Killer Bee rub. That's um, true. I do appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to be the one guy who just, I, I, the next time Texans offensive linemen come after you, mm. I'm, I will come and help you out. I will, I will yeah, aid I you that next you didn't time. didn't do that the other day. I was too afraid. They're big men and they're scary. It's they're on the internet. Uh, who is the Laramie Tunsil of this station? 713-780-3776. We'll get to that in a second. So, you know, whenever we, I brought this up the other day, you know, there was that spat in the Denver game, blah, 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 blah. We know the story. Four offensive linemen came to the defensive shroud. Three of them came initially. Uh, one came late. That was Juice Scruggs, who saw the, the melee going on behind him at the exact same time that Tunsil did. Juice was further away. Juice came running. Tunsil wiped out the wrinkles of his jersey. Uh, four guys came. One guy didn't. You know, Everybody was saying, well, it's a nothing burger. I've always been taught, Beard, I don't know how you feel, that football 101 is that the offensive line has the defense of their quarterback. That's always what I've understood. That's what I've been told. Have you heard different? No. I, I, the one thing I will say is I, I'm, I'm like 90% in, agree, in agreement with you. The one thing I will say is I could see a scenario where Laramie Tunsil turns around, see the other four offensive linemen over there dealing with it, handling the situation. C.J. Stroud has already backed off. The, the whistle's been blown. Maybe he didn't think he needed to be over there. 
I would at least have started walking towards the situation if I had noticed late. I yeah. at least would have like, hey, what's going on? Is everything all right? <laughs> Especially as like the number one, like head honcho, left tackle. You're the guy on the offensive line. I would have at least walked over there and like tried to throw some of the cloud around and be like, hey, is everything all right? Do I need to handle anything? And right. then everything would have been fine. <laughs> See, but that's. That's my thing on that yeah. beard. Is that like some people were saying you're questioning his integrity and his character? I'm like, okay, it's not that serious. He's just one dude that's not going back there out of the five. Yeah, you're just asking and, why, right? And then, well, I mean, I, I do, I, I do think that he should have been back there. Like, yes. I'm asking why, and I'm also being critical of him. The other thing is like the math backs me up. Like four of the five went, one of the five didn't. So like the math supports me in this in this case. Yep. And then the other thing is like, uh, oh, I'm trying to unravel the Texans. You're questioning his character. <laughs> I've been called some very nasty things. Thank you, Titus Howard, for making people call me some very nasty things on the internet. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad that I have thick skin. Imagine if he did this to somebody who didn't have thick skin. I, I I'd, I'd be very concerned. I would be uh, I would be very very worried about something like that. And, the, and so people too are like, oh, you want him to come pick up an unnecessary roughness? No man i just want him to walk, walk to the there. scene like i don't need him to do anything i just Look need him over to there walk and start to the walking scene. and the other thing too is he's the guy who wears a c on the chest yes like that, the perception of your captain chilling at the line of scrimmage when 80 percent of the offensive line go to the quarterback you know kind of it, it rubbed me the wrong way i don't like that does it mean that i think laramie tunsil has low character of course not does it mean that i want to trade laramie tunsil of course not he's a top three quarterback does it mean that i think laramie tunsil wouldn't defend cj stroud in a real fight no of course not it's just a very you know it's a it's a thing i noticed that I brought to you know everybody's attention, and then you know brought to the attention of Titus Howard, and he he sicked all his followers on me. But another thing is that everybody was calling it a nothing burger. This is a nothing burger. This is not you're making something out of nothing. This is a nothing burger. Well, C.J. Stroud didn't think it was a nothing burger. C.J. Stroud went on with Pat McAfee yesterday, and McAfee's first question to him was about the spat and you defending yourself and stepping to the face of a linebacker. Here is here here. Listen to C.J. Stroud. To the people that he thanks in this whole spat. The coolest thing for me was seeing my brothers having my back. You know, my old linemen, they ran down. They was not playing by me, and I appreciate that a lot because just like they were uh, there for me, I'm always there for them. The coolest thing about this was the offensive line having my back, and I appreciate that a lot. You might say it doesn't matter. You might not say you just whatever you're going to say. You can no longer say it's a nothing burger. CJ Stroud just went on national television and unwarranted thanked the offensive line that had his back and he was very appreciative of that. It is not a nothing burger. I I've talked uh, I've talked with multiple former uh, NFL players before about some of the parallels between being in the military and being on a football team like that. There's like a brotherhood to it, right? And there's the, there's it's obviously two completely different worlds. One's like high-level peak professional athletes. The other one, the other people are like defending freedom and fighting. Two totally different worlds, but similar mentalities where there's this brotherhood mentality. And if we were out, a group of military guys, and anybody messed with one of our people, good luck because the entire group is coming and we're going to handle it. It's this. It, it, I feel like it's the same thing in the conversations that I've had with former NFL players, where it's that same brotherhood mentality, where they want to see that their brothers, that the the brotherhood of football players, their teammates have their back. Like when you're a part of a group and you're a part of a team, you want to see that they have your back. So I, I, he was appreciative because they had it. 
it's definitely not a nothing burger, but I don't think I don't pull anything from that that makes me think okay, CJ maybe wasn't happy with Laramie Tunsil. No, I don't think that either. I, don't I, think I know, that either. I know you don't. I just think it's he he definitely noticed, and it definitely matters to him. It definitely matters when you're on a team with guys to know if your teammates have your back, to know which ones are going to ride or die with you, and and that really does matter. It's not a nothing burger. Yeah, the fact that he thanked the the offensive line that was there makes it more than a nothing burger. Does it make him despise Tunsil? Of course not. Uh, does does deepen uh, C.J. Stroud's heart? Does he know that Laramie Tunsil, if it was a real melee, would have his back? I, I think so. I, I hope so. I think, and, and I do really believe that he would. But it's just interesting how C.J. Stroud was very quick, very quick to to thank his offensive line. And people were trying to downplay the whole situation. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six nine one nine three says Branham, you're my hero. I mean, not all heroes wear capes. Maybe some of them wear headsets. <laughs> Don't fine. say stuff like AR that to Platinum, Jeremy. Uh, Branham, <laughs> you know how I feel about this. Uh, you're you're right. Nine two zero seven. Bottom line, Laramie Tunsil should have been over there. I don't know why people are coming you at you for pointing it out. I think it's because fans are fanatics. Uh, I yeah. mean, I, and I don't have a problem with that. Like I get you're, you're going to defend your team. Uh, this is the first time in a long time that the Houston Texans have been good. Like you're feeling good vibes. Like everything's great. Like if this would have happened last year in a four and thirteen seven, I think a lot of people would have kind of been on my side of this. But you're thinking good vibes. You don't want to see the negativity. I I totally totally understand it. Uh, to be to be completely transparent. My thing is that I'm always going to point out things that I see, whether times are good, whether times are bad, whether it's positive or whether it's negative. It's kind of my shtick. It is who I am. Uh, the other thing I'll say to this, though, like imagine if this happens on Sunday with the Jets. Let, like, let's For one second, let's pretend like this situation with Tunzel and coming over and the drama of this week did not happen. Let's imagine that on Sunday when the Houston Texans are playing the Jets and Zach Wilson in the same exact situation goes – Face mask to face mask with Christian Harris. <laughs> yeah. Four offensive linemen come over. One of them doesn't. What would we in the city of Houston be saying about that offensive lineman? Oh, yes. Zach Wilson's lost the locker room. Oh, Zach Wilson doesn't have the trust of the offensive line. Oh, the offensive line doesn't like Zach Wilson. Like, if this was any other team but the team that you root for, you would You'd understand. be questioning it. That's, <laughs> that's the part that matters the most to me. Is it, and not even necessarily a message to the, fan, to the other fans and to other cities. But it's a message to the other team. It's a message to the other guys that are opposing you. It's like, hey, you don't mess with my quarterback. That's my guy. You don't mess with my teammates like that. That's why it mattered that he at least walk over, get involved, or show any semblance of interest in the situation at all, rather than look back, see that there are guys that are already over there handling it, and then not go over there. It's a, it's a, and like you brought up earlier, that C on his chest. It's about sending a message to the other team that we are a team that works together and we're going to fight for each other. And that matters. It really does because any time another team senses any kind of weakness, they'll attack it. 713-780-ESPN. All right, let's get to who's the Laramie Tunsil of the station. Who's the one guy, if we got into a fight, ESPN 97.5 against the highway to hell, who is the one person at our station that wouldn't have the back? of the rest of the station. 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I know somebody who has my back. That's Hollingsworth Law Firm. They want to have your back, too. If you ever get into a car accident, somebody you know gets into a car accident, the first person you need to call is Hollingsworth Law Firm. Something really cool about Hollingsworth Law Firm, too, they're not going to bill you right out of the gate. They're not going to have these billable hours. You don't need a retainer, all of these things that lawyers do. You don't have to worry about that with Hollingsworth Law Firm. You don't pay a cent until you win 
your case. If you or someone you know has been in a car accident or gets into a car accident, maybe you've been injured on the job as well, tell them to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. 18-wheeler accident, call Steve Hollingsworth, whatever the case may be. Uh, maybe it's an industrial accident. Maybe it's an oil-filled accident, an offshore accident. You know who you call? You call Hollingsworth Law Firm. Hollingsworth Law Firm has recovered millions for their clients. Hire a fighter in your corner against these insurance companies. No one likes to deal with insurance companies. We've all had to deal with insurance companies. We all hate it. I've never met somebody who's like, yeah, I really love calling the insurance company. No, you don't. You're lying. Make sure Hollingsworth Law Firm deals with those insurance companies for you. Free consultation. You don't pay until you win. Call right now, 713-999-8773 for that free consultation. 713-999-8773. Plug it in your phone in case you get into a future accident or whatever the case may be. Also visit them online, carwrecktexas.com. It's carwrecktexas.com. Razor Blunt Commentary, delivered with a special purpose. What's happening to my special purpose? It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. All right, who is the uh, the Laramie Tunsil of the station? 713-780-ESPN. Uh, Beard's in for Blankers today. Blankers not here. Wife having a little surgery on her torn meniscus. I guess I should have mentioned that. People's one minds are wondering. Well, yeah. Is she having surgery on it? Maybe I should have mentioned that. Failure on my part. I'll take the L there. Look at me, conceding L's. I do that all the time. <laughs> oh, pat yourself on the back while you're at it. <laughs> How did I twist? Only I <laughs> would twist a compliment of myself after Joel's wife is having knee surgery. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> even you, to me. <laughs> you, you even, I don't even think Paul could... Could twist that that way. Eh, Paul can do anything. Paul's a talented son of a gun. All right, 713-780-ESPN. HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Who is the Laramie Tunsil of our station? We got into an anchorman fight with the other station across town. Who is our one teammate, Beard, uh, that is not going to run in and fight for us? I am. Why do I have to go first? That's my first question. Why can't Joe go first? Why do I have to go first? I'll go well, first because you're a host. Your talent. Uh, I know. We always, I, we always, go, first. We always go, first. go towards the talent. That's before true. We go to the producer. I'm just really worried about this. I, there, I have two answers. Um, one, I, I think I lean towards more because I just straight up think he wouldn't notice. Like Larry Mitunsel didn't notice. Uh, didn't notice the scuffle the other day. I think he wouldn't notice, and it just period wouldn't notice. My so my. First answer would be Paul Gallant, just because he'd be in his phone or not paying attention, and there'd be a lot of noise of all of us fighting <laughs> the highway to hell, and it'd just be him going, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, all. yeah, and he just wouldn't <laughs> he just wouldn't know what was going on. <laughs> if he knew what was going on, I think he would go after it. The other one, I, I really, I don't mean this in a bad way, so I hope he doesn't take all it this right. way. I just don't think he cares. The other, My other candidate would be Dell. Okay. I just think Dell just doesn't care. See, he'd see the fight, he'd kind of laugh, he'd start videoing it, and he'd be like, eh, this is great content, and he wouldn't care at all. And I don't blame yeah. him for that. I think Dell cares. I think his way of expressing cares is it's far different. different than everybody else. Yeah. But I think he, I, I do think that he cares. Um, I'm going to go Dell too. <laughs> and maybe that's why I just talked him up a little bit. Which, yeah. No, that's I feel not why. bad, but. No, I would, I would go Dell. Dell is a little bit more of the, like, he's chill, he's calm. You know, he's he's not going to be one that's going to be, you know, easy to engage with. Like, he, he just doesn't get heated. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this isn't a who's not coming to fight for you. This is more of a who's just low-key chill and thinks it's all a waste of time. And, and that would be that would be Dell. So I'm going to go with Dell as well. Uh, Joe, what is your answer? 
Are Although we, I could, I, you know what? I, yeah, I'm going to go a little dark horse candidate with uh, with Joe though. Which station are we fighting? Joe Joe won't even have my Joe won't even give me coffee. He, he, he's wow! Not give me, I, tried, my I tried to get you coffee today. He's not here yeah, today. Not that here doesn't today. help him. Yeah, was, you know what that was? It was an empty offer. Yeah, is it what was. it was. You know how we have our empty threats to our kids? If you don't do this, you're not going to get any candy, and you give them candy anyways. This isn't. This was an empty offer from Joe George. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from on that because I definitely <laughs> forgot you were here and didn't text you if you want a coffee. Uh, which station are we fighting? One that you want to fight. We'll go that way. We'll oh, that then way. I then I think I think Paul and Dell are the top of my list. Like Dell, I think Dell would care more about like Josh was saying too, like getting the video now. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, if Lance or John got punched in the face, Dell might view that as an opportunity to move from producer to host. Yeah. So like, that's what I was thinking too. Like if if Joel's like getting his ass kicked by the Baytown baddie, like I might just sit there and watch <laughs> ah, because that sucks like for you, Joel, that's my opportunity to move into the other room. Like Jeremy, I, I don't know. Like I know your wife more. More than I know Joel, so like yeah. it's a tough spot. But I, I just I'd say Paul and Dell. But Paul, my reason is I think he has too many friends. No, I know there's one too, person yeah. or two people that he would have no See, problem fighting with. I don't think Paul has any problem getting into a little no. scuffle. I, I, re- I think I don't think Paul is even close to the top of the answer, unless like Beard said, he was distracted. He and that's but Paul's very likely. Uh, Paul would be Paul. Paul's got a little temper. Like Paul, Paul's gonna like get down if he needs to get down. I actually feel like Paul would be the one that would be most likely to go insane and go after Seth. Absolutely. Like, I feel like he'd be the only one dumb enough to go after a former NFL player. Look, that's that's why I say oh, the only reason I would say Paul is if he just didn't know what was happening and wasn't paying attention. Because one time I saw Paul shatter a glass in a studio by throwing things against it. I can't remember if it was a cup or if it was a mouse. It was a mouse. It was a mouse. Yeah, it was his mouse. Threw it against the glass, shattered the glass. I have seen that guy rage out yeah. so many times. Mouse for a computer. I don't yeah. want PETA getting... <laughs> Or a binder. He threw a binder one time, too. Paul likes to throw things, although it's been a while. So he's grown up a lot. But the not paying attention would be the reason for him. (laughs) A a little bit. I'll give him that. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Who would be the Tunsil of our station that wouldn't be there for the rest of his his team? Uh, Virginia says that Dell would not have your back. Uh, My kitchen is dirty. Lance would get a high ankle sprain running to a fight. Maybe that's what Laramie was doing. Yeah, but like, he's got a yeah, maybe. maybe he was like, you know what? I don't want to. It's run not on worth this the injury team. risk because like yeah. the attempt is there for Lance if he sprains his ankle on this way. He still tried, he just didn't make yeah. it. I think I think Lance would hobble over. I think Lance would definitely hobble. He'd roll his chair over. That's what he'd do. He'd roll his special chair over so he could <laughs> sit and talk. He'd try to talk people out of it. Alex says uh, Paul is definitely scratching out some eyeballs. <laughs> I, I agree with that. <laughs> I do too. Uh, OG says that Joel is the, a bigger size Laramie Tunsil of ninety-seven five. I noticed that OG's in the chat today, and he's never been in the chat here recently. I don't know why that is. Why is that the case, Interesting. OG? That's weird, huh? Yeah. 713-780-3776. This guy says 9193. He's going to throw out a name here. He says, if it's not Granado, then I don't know. You don't think Granado, Granado. would scrap? I think Granado I think would Granado, absolutely scrap. Like, I mean, he might not scrap, but he might order a hit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He'd like, have a lackey go do it for him, but he'd definitely yeah. react. Well, like, okay. He, he might not get blood on his hands, but he's going to be heavily involved yeah. if you catch what I'm putting down. Yeah, but, like, if the argument for why Laramie didn't partake is because he's, you know, he's, like, the OG of the offensive line. He's one of the longest tenured Texans, and he's like, I don't need to deal with this. There's other guys that can handle it for us. Like, that could be John. Where he's Maybe. like, I just, yeah. I don't need to do this. Maybe. I've already, I've already won my lawsuits yeah. against six ten. Like, I'm, I'm fine. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, well, I don't, need to fight I, them. I, I he's think... gonna find, he's gonna find a payphone 
and call a buddy, <laughs> and all of a sudden somebody else is going to show up with a broken leg. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Nick, Nick from Nick's place is going to show up and yeah. like go to war. He's like, we're going to he we're, somebody, all of a sudden we're going to show up, and then somebody's going to have a broken leg, or all going to be like, well, I know how he got that broken. Somebody's going to show the up. Dawn. Somebody will show up with one of those T-shirt guns, shooting Coors Lights with the cold blue mountains all over the place, <laughs> shooting a bit people. Uh, somebody on the text line also said Connor. Nah, Michael's a hothead. I I have learned that about him. He's super mellow and super chill, but I think he would be one of the first people to run at. Uh, whatever there is, so I think I don't even think Connor's close to a candidate. Yeah, I, I yeah, he, I mean, plus he's a fiery redhead. He is. Like he, which which redhead is not fiery? That like, rage I'm, I'm, goes. I quick. want a redhead on my side for sure. Uh, it burns hot and it burns bright. I've seen it happen. I saw it happen today when he was talking about the 2005 Astros team. He got really hot really fast over the so, 2005 Astros. Over the 2005 Astros, I think that uh, I think that he would be one of the first people there. <laughs> he would be the Shaq Mason. I think I, honestly, Michael Connor would be the Shaq Mason. Shaq Mason was the first person to make it to the scuffle the other day. Yeah. I think he would be the Shaq Mason. Virginia says Booker T. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I mean, that I does give Booker- us the advantage if everyone's showing up. We got Booker. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, what's Booker T going to do? Hit the spinner Rooney on you? Like he might get a chair. He's going to need you to jump to to put like to to power bomb you. Like uh, he needs your help to create some sort of violence against you. You know what I mean? Like I have to jump in order for him to execute some sort of choke slam. Plus, I saw Booker T the other day at the airport. Boy, he's not moving around great. He's a little slow. That's why he's he always has little, to ride around on the Segway. Yeah, he's moving around a little slow these days. And plus, the other guy would have to be in on it. You know, because that's true. Yeah, you know, I don't want to ruin script it out. Here, but the other guy would need to you know help out Booker a little bit. Depends on who's getting the pin if you if you catch uh, the drift. Uh, somebody said Dell is the tonsil. Someone said that Paul's on the sideline recording for likes. Eh. I think if anybody's getting likes, it's probably me. Yeah, so um, are you the one, Jeremy? Wait, yeah. Like, are you the one no, that's I'm like... I'm down. I'm you, I, feel, I feel like Jeremy, I feel like Jeremy wouldn't be the first one there. I think, well, I'm I just think, too slow and fat to no, be the I first think, one there. I think you'd I'd try to reason way. with them first. You'd try to logic them, and when they're, and then last resort would be to throw them. I don't know. I, I just like knowing what you, how your your engagements are going right now on yeah. social media. Somebody threatened like, to fight me. Somebody did, somebody did threaten to fight me. Did they really? Yeah, and then he followed me and said, you're cool. So I won him over. <laughs> no, he threatened to fight me. I had my, he was calling me a lot of names that I can't say on the radio. I had but my first caller me, threat a couple of weeks ago where a caller, a caller? called in. Yeah, a caller called think... in and said that they were going to come up to the station to fight me. What'd that was say? interesting. I didn't say anything. Andrew said, well, he's former military and he knows how to fight, so I probably wouldn't Uh-oh. do that. And the guy hung up. <laughs> That's interesting. Which, I, whatever, I'll just stay in a, here. I've never had a caller threaten to fight me. Uh, on Twitter all the time. That's Twitter. Uh, I threaten to fight you on Twitter at least once a week. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I've never seen you. Oh, well, it's just me reading your tweets and just saying it to myself. Zero five one one. Lance isn't a fighter. Dell is the tonsil of ninety seven five. Larry Tunsil, the stations. Paul Gallant. Uh, Lance wouldn't due to fear of injury on the way over the to the scuffle, which somebody mentioned that one earlier. <laughs> uh, it depends on how many cores Granado has. Granado will engage if he's had a few cores. Yeah. He's caught into the station to get onto us whenever he's he's had a couple of cores. So. Why does, I love how everybody's just assuming Lance is the one that's going to get injured trying to make it to the fight. I don't know. What, what is it about Lance? Does he well, get he, injured he often? He sprained his ankle playing disc golf. Well, that happens sometimes. Every yeah, once I mean, in a while, whenever you, you think, step wrong. You're right. You think physical combat sports. You think uh, UFC, MMA. You disc think golf. sweet science, yeah. boxing. You think football and disc golf. Hey, don't, yeah, don't knock those disc golf injuries. There's a reason why my arm goes numb every time I drive now. Okay. That's... There's an issue. Okay, what? Well, I'm just leaving it there. 713-780-ESP. Uh, moving on. 713-780-3776. Is this it for the Astros offseason? Victor Caratini and Dylan, Col- uh, Dylan Coleman also ends the era 
of Martin Maldonado. What is left for the Astros to do this offseason? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.